0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53,
1: basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again.
0: Incredible guests, Sherry great stories from your favorite teams coming this year find us on the odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts welcome back to another episode of first in foxborough i'm Kyrie thompson make sure you're downloading subscribing streaming all that good stuff on the odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts and i am joined today by fellow odyssey host And we're both on on the new podcast, Take the North, which is cleaning up in the downloads of late, as well as a host on WSCR 670, The Score in Chicago. David Hall, how are we doing today, David? Doing pretty well. Glad to join you.
1: We are dealing with the similar things in terms of the podcast, very different things in terms of the football team that we cover. Uh, Bears not exactly headed in the same direction as the Patriots, not today, not historically
0: no indeed and with that in mind so i might not have mentioned it we are about to break down some chicago bears versus new england patriots on monday night football actually interesting you mentioned the historical part because bill belichick just tied one george hallis for all-time wins and i mean you would think that he's probably gonna pass hallis on monday
1: the football gods are winking at this one this is really a bit of football irony here's another interesting little tidbit about monday night's game Tom Thayer, who was an 85 Bear, a guard on that team, and also now the Bears analyst for uh, WBBM, our sister station, another Odyssey uh, station. He was on our show, the Mullen Hall Show, on Monday, talking about this very thing, talking about Bill Belichick making history, passing George Hallis, which is going to be a night of significance, I think. Wasn't lost on Tom. Also – Tom Fair was a Miami Dolphin when Don Shula did the same thing. Oh. So, a bit of a interesting irony here in Chicago. But yeah, that's going to just add to the occasion. It's almost as if the NFL. Uh, planned it as ESPN planned it. They didn't do that, but they are going to have some history on their hands.
0: Interesting. And and I mean, you might not know this about me, but I'm from uh, Northwest Indiana. Originally, I grew up uh, around the Chicagoland area, went to University of Chicago. So uh, quite uh, perhaps unfortunately for, for those who have been listening and hear me yammering about it, I grew up a Bears fan. Um, so, so I'm intimately acquainted with <laughs> Uh, 6.70 the score with Tom Thayer and with the ineptitude that is the Chicago Bears historically. I did
1: not know that you were from the region. So now I, am. I can speak region and I don't – and now I
0: will speak a little bit slower. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, out here, really, I mean, I, I've kind of picked up some of the speed a little <laughs> bit in terms of my conversationally, but uh, uh, my wife likes to joke like uh, Treebeard the Ent from the Lord of the Rings series that uh, I don't say anything unless it's worth taking a long time to say, because I do take a notoriously long time to get to things. But how about we get right into it? Because... this is this is going to be an interesting game from the standpoint of when when they put it on the schedule. I'm sure they thought they were getting Mac Jones versus Justin Fields, but that might not, in fact, be what they are getting on Monday night. We might be about to see some Bailey Zappi versus Justin Fields. But before we get to the uncertainty of whether or not that may or may not happen, let's talk about the beleaguered Justin Schuyler Fields, who has been through it this year. Some of it got to play better. I mean, got to get the ball out quicker, take fewer sacks, but he is, it seems like he is really like fighting the war on all fronts all by himself out there sometimes. What are you seeing from your perspective about Justin Fields, the way that he's playing and what he's got going on around him? Well, I think the one
1: thing everybody agrees on in Chicago is that there is this weight for Uh, this sort of desperation feeling for this quarterback to arrive, a franchise quarterback that bears, as you know from following them, has never really had. Justin Fields looks like he has special in him. The problem is this year it's been only flickered on occasion. And and I think here's where we are in terms of the the debate, the ongoing conversation with Justin Fields in Chicago. There's a school of thought that, okay, number one, he doesn't have the offensive line infrastructure to protect him. He's being pressured too much. He doesn't have the wide receiver rep- weaponry to compliment him. So there's no way that he could look good if he w- did have the time. So there's that reality. And I think that's, a, that's a definitely something that's undeniable. But it's balanced and maybe even sometimes outweighed by the reality that Justin Fields has to do more to help himself that number one, he's holding on to the ball too long and creating a lot of these pressures and sacks that maybe more seasoned veteran quarterbacks wouldn't allow or they would get rid of the football before that happens. The other element of Justin Fields' play is that he is not yet a polished pocket passer. And so he's missing layups in the basketball analogy. He's missing, you know, fastballs down the middle in the baseball comparison. So he's really not hitting guys in stride, he's missing, you know, open receivers, as you saw in the Thursday night football game. Ryan Griffin, alone in the end zone, he overthrows him from five yards away. So the simple things are are things that right now are challenging him more than they should. So you have a, a, a split in opinion here, whether or not it's Justin Fields' issues that he needs to get better, and maybe he's not the guy. Versus, you know what? As long as as long as you protect him and give him better receivers, he will improve and you'll, you'll have your guy. So right now we're kind of in the middle of that conversation.
0: And, you know, I I was looking into some stats and looking at Jalen Hurts in particular, and he held the ball longer in his first year, I believe than fields did. Um, and, and also held the ball longer than three seconds. He was up there among the league leaders in time to throw last year. And since then it's been precipitously cut down now that he has a better offensive line and such. So, in your perspective, do you think that there, there is hope for Justin Fields to get better, whether in this situation or next year, Would they add a little bit more? And what do you think that they've been able to do so far to help him out on the offensive scheme part of things with Luke Getze?
1: Good question and, and good, good comparison, because I think that the, what I've been trying to do on the air and in, in writing for our website, 670score.com, is – Kind of a plea for patience. you know, criticizing isn't concluding, but you can't ignore what's happening either. So there, there's a, there's gonna be a fine line there. But I do think that what Justin Fields has that you value and you you look at and why it's he's worth waiting for is that he has a special quality that you just can't coach, you can't teach and you can't defend. And it happens often because of he's his, his improvisational skills. He's just athletically gifted. So you want him you you want him to get better at the other things so he can bring that out as well. So here in Chicago, the Jalen Hurts example is a good one, and it's one that people who want to see Justin Fields succeed are clinging to, frankly, at this point. Because a year ago at this time, you know, you don't have to live in Philadelphia to remember there wasn't a consensus on Jalen Hurts in Philly. There was actually the same kinds of Uh, split decisions or or split opinion over him that exists today in Chicago. And what did they do? Great example. They went out and they got an offensive line and they improved the infrastructure. So he wouldn't have to hold on the ball so long. He could feel comfortable and he wouldn't rush things or he wouldn't panic and want to tuck and run and take his eyes off the receivers. And they would drop his head. And then all of a sudden run. Secondly, they went out and they made a trade for AJ Brown. They already had drafted Devontae Smith. These are things the Bears haven't done yet. It's almost as if last offseason, Ryan who just took over, was announcing without saying it, hey guys, we can't get this all done in one offseason. Be patient with us. Let us grow with this quarterback. There will be some growing pains with that. But next offseason, the Bears are going to have $100 million in cap space. They're going to know what they need offensively. And I do think... They will attack that problem intelligently. So next year at this time, it's a much different conversation about Justin Fields.
0: You know, it's interesting you bring that up because I, I feel like I, I watch what Luke Getze and Matt Eberflew say about Justin Fields. And it almost feels like, yes, they they clearly want him to develop as a pocket passer. But it's almost like it feels like they're grading him on a curve. Where like they know that this situation isn't ideal, and it's like, look, he's got a good, good, you know, mental about him. He's he's keeping at it, he's attacking it, and still every once in a while, just pulling a play completely out of his you know where to keep this team in a game where you thought that they were absolutely done for, and showing flickers as you were talking about of of getting better. You were talking about conversations being different about about teams not being settled in their second year. That's where the Patriots are finding themselves with Mac Jones right now. Didn't start off the year great, five interceptions versus just two touchdowns. Um, not you know looking as crisp as he was in, in a you know new offensive system, new offensive coaches, and then you got this rookie Bailey Zappi showing up and, and playing better than Mac Jones was before he was injured, and now you've got this whole well. Is Mac Jones the guy or is he not? Should we just let Bailey Zappi start the se- or start the rest of the season? Should we come back with Mac Jones on a short leash and then bench him if need be? It's amazing to think that we are here after a couple of weeks. As you're watching this unfold and kind of reading the headlines about it, getting ready for this game, what is going through your mind based on what Mac Jones did last year in a really successful rookie campaign? You know, to be honest with you, my my
1: reaction from the outside looking in is is total surprise, and it's 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 surprise at this only. Matt Jones came into a situation that was totally conducive to him playing early and succeeding. There was the structure. There was Josh McDaniels. There was the scheme. There was the connection, the rapport. He brought his own maturity from Alabama with him, and he was the guy that you knew could handle the responsibility you put on his shoulders. And you know what? I think for the most part, he responded well that rookie season. And then what happened when New England was, to my surprise, and I think it was something you don't really see the, the Patriots being known for, boom, they took it away from him. They created this chaos. And I think that's maybe overstating it, but where's the offensive symmetry here? Where's the continuity from one year to the next Instead, you go into camp and he doesn't know who's actually the offensive coordinator and who's going to be calling the plays and who's going to be the guy talking to me during the game. I mean, maybe, again, that's exaggeration from the outside. But I think what you've seen is that Matt Jones, the guy who succeeded early because he took advantage of all the intangible things that New England has to offer organizationally, now seemed a little more lost and now seemed a little bit more like this was was inconsistency by design, almost designed to fail. And so in that, in that context, I think he, he became injured and then he was replaced, and now there's uncertainty because I don't think that he has taken that next step yet that you expect young quarterbacks in stable situations to be able to take. Here in Chicago, I mean, this is something like the Bears would do. They would give the guy in <laughs> the quarterback in the rookie year feeling good about everything, and then they would remove everything that made him feel good. <laughs> so this seems very Bears-like from the outside.
0: you know what else feels really bears like lusting for the the fourth round rookie who comes in and doesn't just (laughs) fall flat on his face right it's like oh wow look at that like I I you know what it makes me think of it makes me think of 2016 when Jay Cutler gets hurt Brian Hoyer goes out and has three three or four 300 yard games in a row and everybody's like oh maybe he should just start the rest of the year he gets hurt during Green Bay Matt Barkley comes in later in the season and and finishes out the year and it's like oh well look at that the first two couple of games maybe he's the guy and and it's like i i feel like the way people are reacting to this out here feels so much like what being a bears fan would be
1: and in, in, in the total bears context going back even further this has a very kyle orton vibe to it Bailey out yeah because the guy that you you know draft in the middle round you don't expect to make an impact immediately then all of a sudden he becomes this popular almost folk hero like quarterback and nobody wants to replace him and you know what he might be good enough to keep the job
0: yeah, and, and you know what he he might be good enough to keep the job, but you know what? They ended up doing they ended up moving on from Kyle Lorton, right? Yeah, and, right. And so
1: exactly right. So I, I think that really the Bears, oddly enough, might benefit if the Patriots end up experimenting and and failing on Monday night and maybe making a change and getting away from what has been working. I'm not predicting anything really good to happen for the Bears on Monday. In Foxborough, I don't think it's going to be their night, but I think that the more uncertainty creating that key position and that position specifically, uh, it's to their advantage.
0: Let Let's talk about some defenses here because the Bailey Zappi had some success against the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions, who statistically, by some metrics, are the are two of the three worst defenses in football. The Bears aren't necessarily world beaters on defense themselves, especially up front. They, they lack a lot of the firepower up front to get to the quarterback, but their secondary has been a little bit better maybe than than, than people thought coming into the season. When, when you look at that, and I actually think that mirrors somewhat of what the, the Patriots are, though I think they have better personnel up front. They've got Matthew Judah, and they have Christian Barmore, who May or may not play in this game but when you look at what say eddie jackson can do jalen johnson being able to come back and play do you think they'll be able to do a little bit of some something to this rookie quarterback uh potentially bailey Zappi or mac jones if he returns to make things more difficult
1: i think that that's a really good point and it's the only way i think that the bears can have a chance against the patriots is if this athletic secondary young and dangerous, and they don't know what they don't know. They're going into Foxborough. They probably shouldn't be, you know, had given a chance, and yet they are drilled in being good at takeaways. They think that way. They talk that way. They've gotten some key turnovers at some key times. You've got Eddie Jackson, who's had a resurgent start to this season. You've got Jalen Johnson, who I think is emerging as a very strong corner, one of the best in the NFC. And you've got two rookies in Kyla Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, the strong safety who are off to very promising starts. Now, Gordon has been picked on a little bit, so he might be yep. a little bit of the weak link, but Brisker has played like a veteran. Uh, Rodney Harrison like. I think that that's a really uh, and, and in Chicago, they're comparing him to Mike Brown.
0: Just well, Patriots fans are going to love that Rodney Harrison one.
1: Well, I mean, he's he's a mature football player. He's a tough football player, and he's a guy who will will also, you don't doubt, and you come to count on, and he's a leader. So I think that Your point about the secondary being the strength of this defense is a good one because Kendall Vildor is a fifth defensive back on nickel situations, and he had a big pick against the Vikings. Mm -hmm. What I would do against the Bears, every offensive coordinator or even every defensive coordinator disguised as an offensive coordinator, what I would do is I would run the ball down their throats, and I would go 70-30, run the pass, and I wouldn't want to throw until I had to because the Bears cannot stop the run. The first three games are on historic pace giving up rushing yardage, and I think that is the way you beat and gouge this Bears' defense.
0: You know, I think on the other side of things, some opponents would say the same thing about the Patriots. They're not quite as bad, but they're not great at defending the run. But then they do something like limiting the the Cleveland Browns, the best rushing attack coming into this past week, and limit them to 70 yards on the ground. They, They sold out to stop the run. And 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 they they made Jacoby you know Brissette beat them right, and and he wasn't able to do it. I was surprised they
1: had that much success against a running team like that, and 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 I wanted to to kind of apply that to what the Bears can do because I think in ways that you know that game plan and them able to stop the Browns' rushing attack and and try to make Brissette beat them and he didn't might be what you see with the Bears and Justin Fields. And I expect fully that Bill Belichick and Steve Belichick and all the Belichicks that are going to conspire to find ways to confuse this young quarterback who, as you know from watching has you know, has, has shown a tendency to, to process information and take a little bit longer than he should, and then he will as he continues to improve. So, and the other thing about playing against the Bears, and I'm not sure how much, and I, I wouldn't mind going back and watching the All-22 of this, the Patriots in man coverage. I don't know if that's something that they favor or not, because if you play man against the Bears, you're going to be able to cover the receivers. Who you know, Darnell Mooney is the best one, but but you run the risk of playing man and running downfield, covering you guys, and having your back to the quarterback. And that's when Justin Fields can hurt you if you get in man and it's it's it. The pocket breaks down, and right now the Bears' off best offensive play. Justin drops back, pocket collapses, Justin tucks the ball, go, Justin, go. That's the best offensive play right now.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. And you know, the, the, the Patriots have not been able to quit man coverage. They love it and they've been able to to do pretty well at it. Their safeties are good. Their cornerbacks, we thought their cornerbacks were going to be weakness. They've been solid. Um, So I I do think it's going to be interesting though, because I think we've been seeing more of a trend of defenses trying to say, okay, let's, let's take away the big plays here. Well, the Bears don't really have a lot of players that scare you as far as big plays down the field, except for Justin Fields. And one thing I'll say, and they saw this against the Baltimore Ravens, is that they they had Lamar bottled up a little bit in the first half. You know, he made a, a play or two there to convert a third down, but in the second half, they started running Lamar Jackson more, and the Patriots didn't have an answer for it. And again, every once in a while, they just can't a guy who just is able to extend a play, get out of the pocket and do something. They struggled against Lamar Jackson that way. And they got 38 points put up on them though. Some of it was because of turnover. So there's that little, little tiny bit of, okay, maybe Justin Fields can just create enough to keep them in the game, but it is hard to see them be able to win from an offensive standpoint.
1: It really is. And what you just described is what keeps Bears fans paying attention because this year would be very dull. And this year, frankly, is is devoted to seeing Justin Fields develop more than just that uh, and be a more well-rounded quarterback and be able to be uh, somebody who can threaten you with his arm as he does his legs. As I've said, and this isn't uh, meant to be disparaging to Justin Fields, who I think is going to be the guy in time, but right now, six games into his second year, as a franchise quarterback, he's one hell of a running back in the National Football League. Now you got to do more. You know he's a great running back, but he's not a polished passer yet. So I think that next year, this time, maybe we can say as a, as a franchise uh, quarterback, he's making progress. And oh yeah, by the way, he's a dynamic runner. But right now, that's the strongest part of his game.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I'm I'm gonna say this. I remember Week 16 in 2019, Josh Allen coming in, and I had a very I wasn't totally sold on him and that game, he showed me something that I didn't expect to see against this Patriots defense that I thought was going to manhandle him. There's that outside chance that maybe Justin Fields does it somehow on Monday night football against the Patriots, but the odds of that happening are probably a lot less likely than the fact that, you know, they'll give him trouble because they always give rookies and second year quarterbacks trouble. We'll see what happens, though it'll it'll hopefully be entertain more entertaining than the last prime game that the Bears played. David, thank you so much for joining me. This was so fun. Um, as as they love to say in score parlance, uh, a longtime listener, first time caller, first time <laughs> interviewer. So
1: we'll call back anytime, and and I'm going to steal that reference to Josh Allen and try to find out how we did and talk about it on the air uh, on the Melon Hot Show. So so thanks for that.
0: Absolutely. Go back and watch that game because there's one throw from there. Maybe you'll find out which one it is that I still think about to this day that made me think, oh, OK, that guy's for real. So go, go ahead and check it out.
1: All right. Good stuff. Anytime. And appreciate this. It a lot of fun.
0: Appreciate
1: you.